2: Here are your hosts,
0: Chase Palm And broadcast school has really paid off. And Neil McCrady. I deserve to be on TV.
3: Oxford Exxon. Oxford Exxon Podcast. Highway 6 West here locally in Oxford. Fill in. Fill up when you uh, head in this weekend, during the week. Get some lunch specials, 569s, couple sides, bread any size fountain drink might as well get the large one because it's the same price as the small one more drink equals uh equals good there clinton and brookhaven give you the homemade donuts made fresh every single morning and uh again up and down i-55 and throughout north mississippi and neil is in the
4: clark ford studio i am clark ford's in amory mississippi 662-257-1900 is the number call it ask for Corey clark tell Corey what ford product you're looking for he'll send you a quote within 15 minutes in business hours right to the bottom line no hassle no haggle quote. The rest up to you. You can shop it around. Do what I've done. What I recommend that you do. Let's hop into a Clark Ford today. 662-257- 1900.
3: Jeffrey, Neil, good morning. It is uh, one of those days where we had old Mrs. media day yesterday. Talked to players. Talked to Lane Kiffin. Plenty going on there. Plenty going on on the site. But I'll, I'll be honest, it's a little weird, and I guess it's in a good way. You've got the expansion stuff still uh, in full-blown uh, kind of chaos mode here report out of the athletic that the uh, big 10 is considering moving to some of those West coast schools, potentially up into as many as 20. You got the Florida state people going crazy about the meteorites deal in the ACC. Jeffrey, we haven't talked to you in a week. What the hell's going on right now?
1: Yeah. Yesterday was, yesterday was one of those days because right when Florida state was speaking, we were on the air. And so you're reading, you know, you were reading the the quotes coming out and you're like, Oh, my God. Like, I wish I were watching this. Um, Because uh, on one level, like, yes, this is kind of theater of the absurd. At the other, you do kind of understand what Florida State's doing. And I'm curious to get Neil's opinion on this because this has been the prevailing thought that I've had the last couple of days. Is this all... Is this all a dog and pony show? And what I mean by that is because think about it this way. Essentially, everything that. Has been written or speculated basically since UCLA and USC made the decision to go. And honestly, probably even before that. Um, Neil, I don't I don't remember. When did Andy when did Andy write about the super conferences and he basically pegged all the schools, at least now to the big 10 that we're going to see the big 10 go after. And I've just kept wondering. It's like, I think that I think this has all basically been orchestrated behind the scenes for a pretty long time. It's just, they would have done it sooner, but then when they found out that it got messy and that people got their feelings hurt, they kind of had to take a step back and let it happen a little bit more naturally. But I, I'm now closer to getting to the point like this was all pretty predetermined.
4: I'm not sure um, that that is certainly possible. Um, I've talked to a lot of people about this, as you probably know, this has been like my little pet obsession over the last few years Um, because I was really interested in it because I back years ago, I was told. Watch for USC and Arizona State to the SEC. I mean, and it was it was pretty reliable stuff, and I knew USC was was itching to get out, and so now, what I do believe, I'll I'll go here. I'll go with the ACC schools because it was the Florida State president who flexed his muscles yesterday and went. I'm tired of this. I don't think he is doing this as a renegade. I think he 100%, is. Doing-
1: no. no, he's he is in the. I said yesterday he is doing what Phil did for live. He is yeah. taking. They're taking all the heat. But by the way, behind them, Clemson are like we didn't say anything. But by the way, <laughs> uh, go, go, yeah. school.
4: I can tell you this: that Clemson knew. I can't tell you this. I can tell you that it is my very educated opinion that Clemson knew that that statement was going to be made, and that Clemson was like, and "Hey,
1: probably North Carolina."
4: Yeah. And probably Virginia and maybe Miami and probably Virginia tech who is, there's a group that it's, it's guys. They're just desperate. They, 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 they know that the money is about to be such that they can't compete. If here's the, it's, it's baseball, right? If, if, if you're the pirates and you're competing against the Yankees, there just comes a point where you realize we can't win. And, now, well, if it's you, baseball, if,
1: but without a without a draft, like and there's without, no, yeah,
4: there's no CBA, there's no, there's nothing. It just doesn't work, and so they know that, they know that that if 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 you're Clemson, and you're getting 28 million a year, and South Carolina is getting 75 million a year, they're going to they're going to beat you, and not only they're going to beat you across the board, they're just going to have better stuff. They're just over time, that's more than you can overcome. So it. it the the Florida State deal is is they're I I think Florida State is saying we're out we're, we're going to break this thing up we've got to find a new home and if we can't find the new home we've got to create some sort of a new home create a new conference that's not what they want they want in the Big Ten or the SEC period they're Clemson,
3: they're doing everything to promote to their own constituents hey we're out in front of this we're fighting
1: for you guys don't give up on us we're they're doing everything to cater there's to their a base. Question there's no question there was a PR element. Yeah, sure. But I also think that they were telling the truth.
4: They were. They were telling it, it the truth. Why a, are
1: they letting Clemson just sit in the background if they're even?
4: Well, because, think, they, they because, they don't, because Clemson a, doesn't Clemson doesn't mind. Clemson Clemson has a little different persona that they're sort of trying to protect. It's fine. North Carolina is well, trying and, to make and, sure. That North, and,
1: and it's also important to note Clemson and North Carolina are, are founding members. They have to be a little bit more careful.
4: They do well. North Carolina has to be very careful because of the legislature and in, in, in North Carolina, and the, the ACC offices are in Greensboro, and all all of that stuff. So they're they're having to really tap dance, and 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 you know they don't want to upset NC State because NC State might not be able to come with them, even though NC State culturally is probably a better SEC fit than North Carolina. But regardless, it it that it just doesn't work. And there this grant of rights, there's there's a growing sense in those ACC schools that if you took this to court and got it, look at the Trump thing, right? What is one of the reasons that that a lot of people think Trump's in trouble with this most recent indictment? It's because it's going to be tried in the District of Columbia in front of a D.C. jury. Well, if this thing becomes a court case and you try it in a Florida courthouse, FSU just might win. So I was
1: told this, and I don't know, I don't know if y'all had heard this. Do you realize because the reason why everyone got the previous version of the uh, of their deal with ESPN was that it was sent as an email to schools. Do you all realize that apparently in this version to avoid FOIA requests? The document is just sitting in Greensboro and people have to go to. I guess now they move their offices to Charlotte or they're moving the offices. to Charlotte it's literally just sitting at the ACC office and schools have to go there to look at it.
4: I didn't know that. I'll tell you this to to kind of further the conversation along these lines. The other thing that I've heard is that ESPN, which is not exactly in the greatest financial shape in the world right now. They're, they're bleeding money on the ACC deal. It's, it's just not a, it hasn't been a good deal. They're not getting a return on investment. And I mean, if you told me, and I don't, I don't know this. I don't know this at all. No one's told me this. But if you told me that ESPN behind the scenes is going, hey, FSU, Clemson, North Carolina, whoever, we're going to help. If you'll, if you'll push this along, we'll help you get into a, a, another league. We'll get you into a more attractive league where you are an, an attractive um, product, property for us. Because in the ACC, Florida State's not particularly attractive. I mean, Florida State, Boston College, who's watching? Florida State, Syracuse. What's the line? <laughs> but, you know, yeah, I mean, I get your point. The, the hardcore guy watches, but they're not worried. They're not worried about Jeffrey Wright and Neil McCready. We're the kind of people we're going to watch. We're going to turn it on. We,
1: we're the I problem. I watch, we, we, watch we, big.
4: i watch we, big. I watch Big Ten for fun. I mean, I, clearly I'll watch.
1: I've, I've told you, we're we're Taylor Swift. It's me. Hi. I'm the problem. It's me.
4: Yeah, but they're going after the, the 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 guy in Dubuque who doesn't bet on the games, who's flipping coin, who's flipping channels, looking for something compelling. He's not watching Syracuse, Clemson. Now, would he watch Tennessee, Clemson? Probably. That's the thing. Would he watch LSU, Florida State? Yeah, he's going to watch LSU, Florida State this year. Would he watch Florida State, Boston College? Not so much. Florida State, Wake Forest doesn't even register. That's their problem, and so I think ESPN's. I, I don't know this again for the millionth time. I'm speculating. I think ESPN's behind this too.
1: I 100% agree with you. It's why. So I like listening to the guys on the Cover Three podcast, and I was surprised to hear their comments. Now, granted, their comments. Uh,
4: you talking about Bud Elliott and those yeah, guys? That's
1: Bud Fernelli, um, Chip Patterson, and Canel, and okay. um, because they they have two prominent Florida State guys. On there. And I was surprised yesterday on their show. They think Bud is quite Bud's quite adamant, and he's about as plugged in as Neil is at Ole Miss and Chase is at Ole Miss. So when he talks about Florida State, I listen. I was taken back that they were Big Ten for Florida State.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: and not like rooting for it. That's what they think that it, that's what they were they're speculating that is driving this because, but the reason why I was surprised was and granted, this was before it was announced that uh, the Wetzel's report about the four California school or the, the two California schools in Washington and Oregon were to the big 10, because to me, they're like, "I, I don't see ESPN wanting to blow up their own brand with the ACC. And I'm like, they don't have any motivation. I'm sitting there thinking like, yeah, they do. They got dead weight. Yes, yeah, you know way, what? this is a way to get rid of dead weight.
4: You know what's interesting is and I, I, this isn't a criticism of Wetzel at all, because Wetzel's really good, and he has a lot of sources, and he's probably right. His report yesterday was the first thing in a day full of people going, "Oh, I can't believe this is happening." I was going, "I can't." I totally, I totally saw this coming. When he came out with the thing about Cal and Stanford and stuff, I'll be honest, I, I, had to, I mean I was, I was um, at the gym. I, I, I stopped moving for a minute. And, and looked at it and went, wait, what? Yeah, why? Wow. What is the positive? He,
1: he, went, he went on with Andy yesterday, and because at first I had the same reaction y'all did, and then he put it this way. Sometimes, Sometimes we have to remember there's two big movers and shakers in this. There's the TV networks, which I think are largely the puppet masters, but there is also, like, they have to do the deal with a lot of these schools, and then he put it this way, You know, if you're if you're Michigan, who's apparently in their incoming freshman class outside of the state of Michigan, their their number one state for students is California. So, hey, let's go beat the hell out of Cal and then we'll have a San Francisco trip.
3: It's also we, the side of what I mentioned earlier in the week, Neil. Of hey, these AAU schools are going. Hey, hold on a minute, throw us a bone somewhere. So you end up here, and you go, you know what? We'll just grab them for multiple reasons, and it'll keep Joe President shut up over there while we do the football thing with everybody
1: else. Yeah, I, because I, 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 I get all I, I get all that guys, but and they still they still care about this stupid. Like in the end, this is getting into a war of the big 10 versus the sec and the big 10 still cares about that identity that Hey, you know what? In the end, we're still a little above them. Yeah. They can't
3: let it go. They still had to get the elite academic institution in this somewhere. But guys,
4: I get it. 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 I 100% agree with everything y'all are both saying. All right. Now I'm going to be, I'm going to be the hand raised guy in the room at Fox and NBC for a minute. All right. All right. This isn't personal to to either one of you. I don't give a damn about that if i'm fox if i'm if i'm nbc i'm like wait a minute we are getting ready to invest an absolute fortune in this big 10 saturday night deal yeah you're not
1: investing you're not but you're not investing you're only investing about half with them i think the reduced rate i think to make fox and them happy you do the reduced rate thing maybe so you're also assuming that there's not some coastal elites
3: in that room that think it's the best thing in the world because it fits their own. Personal oh, no, no, elite.
4: no. Oh, no, no. I know those people exist in the room. I'm but I'm I'm the guy in the back going when we get through with this, it's going to be about money because it's always about money. And at the end of the day about money, I just don't know guys by adding Cal that we're adding anything.
1: Also, no- don't make the don't make the mistake of thinking that you're in that room and that you exist because also in that room, is whoever's deciding to give Notre Dame seventy five million dollars for seven football games?
4: I know when they could just fold them into the Big Ten, where they're a natural fit and it works. I I, I get it, but see, it, this is this is this is the point that I'm making.
1: If you're the TV executives, you would just sit there and go, "Hey guys, we'll give you. Eight, how about this? We'll give you eighty million if you just go over here." And Notre Dame's like, "No, nah, we're cool." Like, we don't, you know what I mean? We, we, like, we like running our own business. We like being our own show. We're cool. And so you do have to do this balance of you're having to make a deal. Like, I don't think that they're dictating, but I do think that they're puppet mastering. Because if they were dictating, if they were dictating, some of the decisions wouldn't exist, which implies to me that they're also having to, they're having to cater to these, schools and presidents and whatnot to a certain degree. And I think this was that way of, you know what? Like these people still pretend like uh, this is college and they, the big 10 likes the brand of we're smarter than you.
4: All right. So let's, let's take this forward a minute. Let's, let's say Wetzel's report is accurate. And listen, I'm as, I don't know, Dan, but he's proven to have a pretty good track record. He's a, he's a very good reporter. So let's say he's right. Let's say that the Big Ten adds Cal, Stanford, Washington, Oregon. That gets you to 20. Let's say the Big 12 adds Arizona, Arizona State, um, Utah. Utah. We'll just leave it at that for now. That gets them to 16. All right. They're probably not stopping there. What's the, does the SEC go, hey, we're cool. We're going you, you didn't do anything that changed our, our calculus. We're going to sit at 16 or does the SEC go, you know what? Big 10's at 20. We probably got to go to 20.
3: Yeah, 20. So 20 when it includes uh, Cal and Stanford
1: isn't better than 16. The question I had yesterday is, does anything that happened motivate the SEC? Because I don't think, I don't think the Arizona schools in Utah going to the Big 12 motivates them. Agreed. I don't think Stanford and Cal motivates them. The question that I have, does Washington and Oregon motivate them? And maybe my guess is yes. My guess is yes, but they are. This is kind of what I'm talking about. Like, like, is this all preordained? And essentially we're just watching it unfold. I think that they know we can't be the predators that blow up the ACC, but I would suspect where Neil's correct is behind the scenes, I would suspect there's somebody with the SEC that's at least offering some advice to some of these schools about how they could or could not get out of this. Cause yeah, I think expansion I for the SEC is going East. I don't think it's going West.
4: Agreed. I, listen, I, I've said for a while that the SEC covets North Carolina and Virginia and I'm right. Um, no one's ever going to admit that out loud, nor should they. I mean, if, if you're they,
1: they, they, it's their wet dream.
4: Yeah. It, it, they're, they're never going to say that out loud. Here's what's interesting to me, though, is the reason that the Wetzel thing threw me off was because what I was hearing earlier this week to the point that I taped an interview with Mickey Plyler, uh, who's a radio talk show host, for basically a quarter century in Clemson and is connected in ACC circles. It was going to run tonight. I ran it last night because I don't know that stuff might happen today. Sure. I, I went ahead and ran it. I was like, God, I'd hate to spend an hour and 15 minutes with Mickey Plyler talking. It was a really good interview, and then it's it's obsolete by Thursday night. So I went ahead and ran it. The reason I did is because I was hearing from kind of multiple people that Clemson and Florida State, the reason they were getting so vocal is because the musical chairs game was kind of getting hot, and they were, they were bolting for the Big Ten, and I'm still not sure that's not right. I'm not sure that this isn't, there's a little part of me that wonders if the Big Ten's going. Hey, listen, you guys, you guys are are, are taking your time. You, you you might wait another year. That's what you're kind of hinting at because they got to do this by August the 15th to speed it up. Maybe they're going. Hey, listen, you want you want in the league? You you're gonna have to get uncomfortable. You're gonna have to say the uncomfortable things out loud. And if you don't, we'll just take these four academic powers out here, in, although it's hard for me to believe that Oregon is an academic power, but regardless, uh, the, the, we're going to take these four comfortable Pac-12 schools that would literally crawl on broken glass to Chicago to join the league. We're gonna, we're gonna, we'll go ahead and take them. And you guys, hey, the SEC has not really wanted you, Florida State. They've not really wanted you, Clemson. And you might get left. You might get left at the altar here if you don't hustle. I think yeah, that's I think certainly that's, plausible.
1: Yeah, I think that's entirely in the realm of possibility. I also, though, wonder, though, if it's actually the flip of it in that Florida State, Florida State, what if it was this? I find it really hard to believe Florida State and Clemson desperately want to be in the Big Ten. You could You could twist my arm and tell me that North Carolina and Virginia, I think they're going to have the uncomfortable – which one do we want to be in? Because I think they're going to have choices if we get there. And I think they're going to have to sit there and go, well, do we want to keep being pretentious or do we want to probably go where we're a better fit? Uh, I find it hard to believe that's, that Florida State and Clemson prefer the Big Ten. Like, I just don't see that. That's not That's not what no, I they think. They prefer
4: the State SEC, is. Jeffrey, but but listen. And that's <laughs>
1: what I'm saying. What if, what if yesterday was the, what if yesterday was the, uh, hey, boys, uh, we'll go here. We'll go to the Big Ten. We prefer you, but, uh, you know, we've got, you know, the the reason why I brought up the cover three guys is they seem to believe that there is something that resembles an invitation to the Big Ten. And that took me by surprise because I I presumed if Florida State was going to throw a hissy fit like they did, I presumed that meant that they were, they're, they were headed to the SEC.
3: Continue
1: uh, this conversation. Second, first,
3: tell you about the uh, men's basketball renewal deadline coming up on August 31st. Renew or purchase now to be in the priority seat selection process. Men's and women's basketball tickets may be purchased at com and the Ole Miss Athletics Foundation is starting their pledge per win and pledge per touchdown campaign for football. You can go to Give to Athletics. that's T-O, Give GiveToAthletics.com, to sign up today.
4: Do you hate losing games? Do you hate losing players? Do you hate paying for your insurance? If you said yes to those questions, Davey Ferris can help. Davy's partner with the Grove Collective will be donating 20% of all commissions, 10% of all renewals on both personal and commercial insurance policies. Davy can service customers in all 50 states. He's dedicated to making sure Ole Miss athletics succeeds in this era of college sports. Contact Davey Ferris at 214-715-7247 or via email at dferris at hillcoinsurance. Are you retiring soon? How long should you wait to take Social Security? What accounts should you pull for? Pull from first? Already retired? Should you consider Roth conversions? These are some of the questions that can only be answered with a personalized retirement income plan. Andrew Segoe with Segoe Wealth Management specializes in helping folks just like you come up with their retirement game plan. Whether you meet at his office in Collierville or you prefer Zoom from anywhere, schedule a free discovery meeting See what they can do for you. It's rebelsretire.com. Stress out about the rebels, not your money. Again, rebelsretire.com. Brought to you by Comer Heating and Air, Southern Air Conditioning and Heating. Different names, but the same great people, products, and services. If you live in Oxford, Tupelo, Batesville, call Comer 662-801-1777. If you live in Memphis, Hernando, South Haven, that area, call Southern, 662-429-4429 stocks a Nashville-based online retail company with the mission to provide customers the power to name their price all items start at just one dollar that's right one dollar so It's the retail value no matter what the retail value may be so shop now at a download their app name your price on thousands of items from big name retailers. Uh, they got locations in Nashville, Memphis and other places that are coming soon so they offer local pickups so don't miss out the college corner coming to Oxford here very soon. Newest location will be in the Oxford Commons right off of Cisk Avenue. They'll have more than 4,000 square feet of the best Rebel gear. They'll have plenty of parking available. Their uh, staff will have you in and out, ready for the Grove in no time. It's opening in mid-August, so uh, check out their website, collegecornerstore.com. want to get ready for uh, the Grove and tailgating and all those things, make sure you have your Game Changer patches ready to go. They're the only two-patch system available in the market. Stop hangovers before they start. The warm-up patch Used before or while you drink. The Overtime Patch used after you've been drinking to recover while you sleep. The all-natural ingredients will keep you in the game and ready for your next play. Go to GameChangerPatch.com. Promo code REBELGROVE20 at checkout for 20% off your purchase. And speaking of the Grove, you want to have your um, sock game ready to go. It's Dead Soxie. Best socks you'll ever put on your feet. DeadSoxy.com. Promo code REBELGROVE. Get 25% off all non-licensed products at Dead Soxy.
3: This podcast is brought to you by G&M Pharmacy, 662-236-2222. They deliver locally in the Oxford area and the upper medicine. If your prescription is the same day each month, take care of you. They'll also help you transfer your medications. You make one phone call, they handle the rest. That's g and in Oxford or Tyson Drugs in Holly Springs. That's 662-236-2222. Can I sidebar for a minute? At what point are we concerned or are they concerned or did I miss something here? ESPN is hemorrhaging money. Fox is not necessarily flush with cash. How can you just keep adding
1: schools? Where's the money coming
3: from? I mean, don't you just
1: run out of cash at some point? Let's take the ESPN part first. Sure. So, So, with all due respect to Clay Travis, ESPN's not as in dire straits as As the perception is, here's the reality of where they are. They're still basically the biggest cash cow right now for Disney. The problem is, despite all the revenue and profit that they've made, Wall Street looked at them and said, You went down 6% from last year. And so their valuation is not as high. So their problem is a Their problem is, because all Wall Street cares about is growth, 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 It's still, like, I think people are going to be surprised when ESPN finally has to, actually has to reveal their, actually has to reveal their financials. I think, I think it's November's the first time they have to do that. It's not going to be, it's not, you're not going to sit there and look at, you know, somebody on their deathbed. It's still extremely profitable. The problem is Wall Street doesn't like it. But don't you move over the side of the bell
3: curve that at some point it's simply not worth the extra programming that you're getting for the price that you're having to pay to do that? Because when you pay college football this, you're cutting into the other sports that you can
1: completely do rights I, deals with. You know what I mean? Like, it, I mean, I, I get, it, I get it, but if you're ESPN. Because even
3: half the price on Cal or Stanford, it's like, what am I getting? Who's watching that crap? You're getting the fourth
4: window, though. If you're, you're doing you the are, to, here's he here, said, here's, the, here's the other thing that that we're we headed here, guys. We're, and we're, it, we're on an inevitable track to this. It's it's inevitable if if unless something systemically changes. The argument against a twelve-game conference schedule has always been that's too much for the players. It's too much of a beating for the players. The players don't get anything but a college education out of this. Not anymore. We get paid.
1: No, I, I I, I, mean, not anyone that's listened to this show for a long time knows we've kind of been here. This is heading towards the professional, the breaking away of college football. And I'm presuming, I'm presuming also they're going to take control of the NCAA tournament in some form or fashion. And the reason why the Big 12 did what they did was they sat there and said, I give your mark credit. That dude uh, is self-aware. Uh, Maybe not personally, but at least he is of the company, essentially, that he's running or the conference that he's running. And he's like, I can't I'm not going to be able to get the football brands to compete and to sit there and go. I'm on a level playing field with the Big Ten and the SEC. But if I get if I get the basketball schools, that's still a billion and a half dollars of revenue that they're going to eventually want to take control of. And they can't leave me out. And I think that's where this is all headed.
4: There's an easy financial answer, and it sucks because we all love the basketball tournament the first two days because we love watching Mount St. Mary's play North Carolina, and it's a a four-point game with seven minutes left, and we're all like, all of a sudden, hundreds of thousands
1: kids, cue them,
4: get them ready. Hundreds of thousands of people who've never heard of Mount St. Mary's are suddenly Mount St. Mary's fanatics for the next 30 minutes of their lives. But guys, you could just do a power four tournament. You'd still have a bracket. You'd still bet on teams. You'd still have an office pool. And now instead of splitting the money 300 and something ways, you could just split it 64 ways. Hmm. Huh. Would you rather have one sixty-fourth of the pie or one three hundred and twenty-eighth of the pie? It's pretty and you easy. you literally
3: just take it from the NCAA.
4: Just take it, run it yourself. You create
3: your own thing and go, ah, whatever.
4: You call it, you call it the whatever tournament.
3: Now, when you do that, you are a ban- you're pulling out of the NCAA, That was what you're saying.
4: Basically, you're
3: forming a completely new czar entity, period, because you can't stay uh, a representative in- at any level if you do that.
1: Chase, to put it in golf terms, you're forming new co. Yeah, yeah I, yeah, I mean, I, I get it. I, I, I get it. And I, I mean, presume that this would be a for-profit entity. Yeah,
4: because then, where,
1: where that thing would struggle. now the downstream of that is it makes
3: every other sport basically a club team.
4: It's exactly what it does. That's where it's headed. I, I I mean, I I can't. You're asking me to come up with. Not, you're not, but I mean, people in general go, "What do you think?" And I'm like, "Well, I mean, if it's about nothing." It's become now, I mean, it was always about money, but it was about things besides money because it wasn't a real business. I remember talking to, I can't remember his name. It was Terry Wendell, I think, uh, a long time ago. It was covering Auburn. He was the Auburn CFO, basically. And he, I got this assignment from my editor, wanted me to write this story that detailed every nickel that Auburn spent in athletics. And I, Went up to Terry Wendell, I think, and I was like, hey, look, I've got this ridiculous assignment. I can say that now because my sports editor has passed. May God rest his soul. And um, I said, I can either FOIA you to death here or you can just show me. And he's like, yeah, don't do all the foyas. Just Come, come in here. Can I walk you through all of it? And I'll give it all to you, but let me explain it to you. And he did. And at one point he goes, the obvious here is, if this were truly a business, we'd run a football program and we'd run a men's basketball program and we'd shut everything else down. Everything. Yeah. because goes, that's, that's reality because we don't, which makes us have to scramble a lot. We move things and try to avoid debt and do this and do that. Well, now we're just making this. It's all about it. I like, I thought Lane Kiffin's appearance yesterday was one of his very best ones. I, I just thought he was, Absolutely on point with all of it. I think he's kind of been on point on this for a while now in, the, in his appearance in Nashville. And then yesterday, he's nailing it. If that's where we're going, it just doesn't make sense to pull volleyball and soccer along for the ride anymore. It just doesn't. And, no, if and that's do why, it, if that's if why I mean, employees and rev shares and stuff like that. There's listen, if you're going to get into revenue sharing, and Andy Staples and I talked about this in Nashville, and he disagrees with me. So he's and he's probably right. I don't know how you. I don't think you're going to be able to do it without some big legal fight. Where you tell volleyball, for example, and I'm not trying to pick on volleyball, but you just you just happen to be at the front of my mind. Um, If if you're going to women's basketball, volleyball, if you're going to go, you guys don't produce a revenue. Therefore, there is no revenue to share. Now, football produces tens of millions of revenue. We're going to find a way to players to share it. I don't think I don't think that's going to fly. I think people are going to go, oh, that's that's violating Title IX and all that stuff. And you're going to get in the courts. I just think the easier way to go is, hey, we're going to make these these people employees and we're going to make you a club sport. And I think that's where it's headed.
1: Yeah. And I think it's going to the reason why I keep saying it's going to be a for profit entity. I cannot see where they're going to get nonprofit status. For all these reasons that we just mentioned, like, Essentially, you're going to have to form a new company that's basically saying, like, we're basically just like a new sports league. I
3: just looked at this. It's for Ole Miss for financial year 2022. Excess over expenses. So deficiencies right. of revenues, total, whatever. And I can go through and find the other sports, but I'll make this simple for the podcast. Football made $18 million last year. Okay,
1: Profit or revenue? Uh,
3: Profit, total. Yeah, yeah, Like, like net, net, net profit in, in today, plus 18 million. All right. Uh, men's basketball lost 659,000. I thought it would be uh, more men, honestly. Women's basketball lost 7.7 7 million. And the other sports combined into one pool. Again, I can go through if you have a specific question, but all the other sports pulled into one pool lost $18 million. Yeah.
4: And that includes baseball at Ole Miss, which draws fans. Essentially and, and has-
3: breaks even. Yes. Yeah. And then they made $3 million off non-sports specific. I have no idea what that meant. So even with football making $18 million, the total athletic department year was $5.2 million.
1: Yeah. And, and if you're running a for-profit business, you're just going to get rid of, wait, wait a minute. You're telling me we have all these things that lose $18 million? Yeah, we're not going to do that.
4: I mean, the CEO and CFO of a of a Fortune 500 company would look at that balance sheet and go, "We can fix this fast." I mean, <laughs> I mean they'll they, they'll have a two martini lunch. They, they'll get this done by eleven. I mean, that's no problem. Oh well, we'll cut that 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 that. Where are we now? Oh, we're plus 18. Oh, good. See it too. Hmm. By the way, go check on my stock price. See when it moves. Yeah, I'm. I'm going to get a stake now. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just it. it I, I don't. I don't know. I, and what's interesting is, and there's a lot of fans out there, I can almost hear them yelling at the podcast right now. Why, don't, why are y'all talking about this? Why can't we just talk about the football? And, and you know what? You have a point. But this stuff's happening, and it's. I thought going into yesterday that June, July of 2024 – which might be an absolutely chaotic time in our country for a lot of reasons, was going to be super chaotic in the sports world because I thought all of this stuff was going to happen next summer. And now I'm thinking, hell, this stuff might happen in the next two weeks.
1: Yeah, August 15th is the day that the ACC schools have to announce if they're going to play next year. If they're going to play in 24. So it's also possible, though, that not enough Moves, and that this is just going to be looming over the ACC for the next calendar year.
4: And that's what I bet on. I'd bet on that, but man, I'd I'd, I'd I don't know, you- man. It, that's the thing. I I think we always
1: forget because the stuff seems to move really slowly. But if you think about every realignment story, it's like. Nothing, 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 and then boom, everything changes, and it changes, like, really quickly. And it's kind of why I'm like, Man, if you could give me some value on stuff happening the next two weeks, I think I'd probably bet on that.
4: I, know, need a, I need a plus sign, though. It's interesting because I've, I've said this a few times. I just kind of noticed with, from the league, and I think I remember telling you this, Chase, a few times. I noticed from the league when they were doing the whole 2024 schedule, and the eight game versus nine game, which should have been a much more heated debate than it was. I just sort of noticed the league had this attitude that sort of exuded from them of guys, this is just for one year. It's not gonna <laughs> matter. Chill out. Yeah, you might we might miss a couple of rivalry games for a year, but this thing's about to be so different in a couple of years that we're gonna have to scramble and figure it all out again. So just just yeah, along let, us, let the- this go.
1: Along the same lines, I what I noticed was it was very obvious the league would prefer a nine game schedule, and then in the end when they were just kind of like, "All right, well, you, you don't you don't want that? That's fine, whatever." The fact that they didn't like the fact that they didn't just basically dictate it that told me that uh, they're just not worried about it because they think it's going to sort itself out. And so, like you let them, like, oh yeah, you made your own decision. When in reality, it's like, um, we have other things down the pipe that we're that we're gonna that's gonna make the decision for us.
4: All right. So back to my question: if if the Big Ten, if, if Wetzel's right, and the right. Big Ten goes to twenty, and it's that twenty, does ESPN tell the SEC you should go to twenty-two, and we'll pay for it? And here are the four teams that we want, or do they say stick at sixteen? Don't worry about it
1: is ESPN going to bid on the extra games that the big 10 is going to have?
4: My guess is that no, they would, they would say we're in cause they appear to be ESPN appears to really want the NBA and the sec.
1: Uh, and, then and you, NFL stuff. Then yes, I do think that they, I think what they would say is, Hey, if the end, if you're building up your product to be as big as the Big Ten's product, I think you're going to say, "Hey, why don't we? Why don't we make this a little? Why don't we make this a little beefier? Um, and why why don't we add a? Uh, let's add a few more games that are good games.
4: Because let's not let's not act like the SEC doesn't have some from a just a viewership standpoint. The SEC has some unattractive products. Vanderbilt. Missouri, no offense, Mississippi State. Nobody cares about Mississippi State. Nobody's watching that brand nationally. Um, Arkansas is not the most attractive national brand in the world. It's more attractive than state, but I don't know how many people are like geeked up for Arkansas, South Carolina nationally. Um, Ole Miss has, under Kiffin, Ole Miss is a pretty big brand. Before Kiffin was not Ole Miss, ebbs, Ole Miss ebbs and flows ebbs more than. and flows, right. so. Yeah. If you're, if you're ESPN, what brands do you want?
1: I think you still want, I think you still want Florida state. You still want Clemson. And then that's where it starts to get interesting because if Miami really does get cooking, like Miami is historically like something that people watch for better or worse. Um, And then what do you do? Because the SEC has clearly made it like in the end, who the hell cares about Virginia? Yet that seems to be like everyone in that office in Birmingham is like, oh, my God, Virginia is available. But like who actually cares about Virginia? Other than rich white Southerners.
4: Listeners can't see this, but Chase is starting to have a breakdown.
3: What, no, what, no, 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 no! I'm, I'm thinking. I'm, I know I'm, I'm thinking because I want to formulate <laughs> it correctly, and it's back to my deal of and I and I get it, I get it, I get it. I, I, I like I'm I'm arguing myself, which is why I haven't started talking yet. But is this really a good thing that ESPN's just running the whole damn thing? Like, hold on oh, a minute. No. because because I, like I here, but hold on, like, no, no, because you're talking about national games. In the SEC or the Big Ten, the average fan still wants to see Ole Miss play Arkansas. They want to see them play Mississippi State and whomever, or, like whatever, whatever you're talking about. And at the like, I'm thinking about the fan here. I've been talking doing this root of trees and dying and all this stuff, well, and let, I won't let, let it go. Let, let, I, me, let me stop I, I you. Let me right. stop
1: you right there. Let's okay. establish rule number one. Yes, yeah, the sure. people that we don't give a shit about are the fans. If we're talking, no, about I agree. Him, because here's
3: the deal. Even though you're talking about all this money. OK, good. School has 75 more million dollars. You know what? They're just going to spend 75 million dollars on crazier things. Salary is going to keep going up. Fans are still going to be funding NIL until we get this employment package in place for the schools. And God knows what that looks like in Andy Staples' bizarro world of believing it's going to happen. And he's probably right one day. But like, what does the fan get out of that? What, what is the money actually going to that means anything? This is becoming monopoly money. So you give them 50 more million, okay, the salary for the head coach just goes to 13 million, 14 million. This thing happens. I mean, Ole Miss right now has their capital campaign for football expansion on hold because NIL is going crazy and labor costs are going crazy with construction. So, I mean, yeah. you're not even getting a nicer seat when this stuff goes up. I guess my point is, I mean, in some point, aren't we like looking up and going, I, I get it and I'm, I'm not against you and I get nationally this is all really, really cool. But you're just destroying things regionally at the same time.
1: Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you. Cause yesterday I did have, as Florida State was throwing their hissy fit, I did find myself wondering when, at what point do we sit there and go, wait a minute, these guys are bitching and moaning about only making 40 million? And they're talking about it's the end of the world that they're only making 40 million. And as Neil pointed out, like, if you're in a business in which you're trying to compete and you're, you're missing out on essentially double every year, well, yes, I do understand where it's not sustainable. But the problem that I started thinking about was at what point do we stop caring? Because we sit there and just go, it's like in any other business when you got billionaires fighting and we're like, eh, who gives, you know, who gives a shit? Like, when does that happen? The problem is, if you look at everything else in the business world, they'll milk something that can produce revenue. They'll just milk it until it can't produce revenue. So the answer, I think, to your question is, at what point does this stop? It's Well, at the point that it stops making money. That's when, that's when it all stops. And that does not appear to be the case because even though television viewership is shrinking, sports consumption is not shrinking. And even more so, sports fans are becoming so so ostracized that they're now, like, the only way that sports are growing is sports fans are starting to watch more sports. Like, think about it. We've started <laughs> watching F1. We've started <laughs> watching soccer. And why? Because we can bet on it. Or, hey, we like the TV show. And so, essentially, what they're doing is they're just ringing sports fans for more money so the point in which it stops is when sports fans stop like being profitable to them
3: yeah i mean pay penn state you get 18 million dollars a year for your administration to do whatever they want to with it and you get to play Cal. okay great Correct. i don't want to play Cal. i don't give a shit yeah well I mean, what's well, going to
4: happen though is penn state they're not penn state's not going to play toledo anymore
1: Yes. No. That's where, where, where,
4: where, no, we're where this is going. we're going
1: it's the NFL. Like,
4: yeah, yeah you're going to have bad games, but I mean, not really. Not going to have. You're not going to have games that you can't some somehow spin. I mean, like Ole Miss Listen, is not the
1: Rams. The Rams are going to play the Cardinals twice this year, and it's possible Clayton Toon is going to be starting for the Cardinals. I will be watching both games.
3: Prom shrimp. Prom shrimp.com. Seven different flavors available for you. Everything from the uh, signature and the New Orleans style barbecue. To the lemon cracked pepper, it's a great versatile option as well. Throw it on a salad, have a snack, lunch, or take care of dinner tonight with Prime Shrimp. Use code RG, five houses or more, and you get 25% off there with a New Orleans-based company giving you restaurant-quality shrimp. Again, that is code RG with primeshrimp.com.
4: 7South Tailgating has been serving fans since 2009. If you use 7South services once, you'll never tailgate in the Grove without them again. They provide a friendly tailgating service like you'd expect at Ole Miss, but a level of professionalism and reliability like you'd expect at a professional sporting event. The people at um, 7South, they can get you set up for single games, for just conference games, for an entire season plan. No matter how complex or simple you want your tailgating to be, Uh, They can hook you up. Kyle Thornton and those people, Ole Miss grads, they live in Oxford. They're personally committed to uh, taking care of their customers and customer service on game day. You can learn a lot more about them at 7southtailgating.com. Get in touch with them. Make sure you tell them that you heard about 7South here on the Oxford Exxon podcast. We're also brought to you by Pinnacle. They're based in Jackson, Mississippi. They've got clients in more than 20 states, advisors in multiple states, They provide detailed, specialized investment management, financial planning, retirement planning for individuals and businesses, and much, much more. At Pinnacle, investing is treated like a commodity. Decisions are made using objective information and research, not emotions. Check them out at MyPinWealth.com. We're also brought to you by John Edwards, Regency Travel Incorporated in Memphis. Get in touch with John. Tell him what trip you're thinking of. Maybe it's a holiday trip. Maybe you're already thinking about next summer. That would be smart. Take advantage of some prices that are out there. Give him some parameters. Give him a budget. Let him give you some options. And know this, you don't have to live in or near Memphis to take advantage of his services. 901-494-3387 or send him an email at edwards at regencytravel.net. Speaking of holidays, if you're already kind of planning your Christmas party, your company dinner, a festive party event, don't forget about Opa. It's Oxford's newest Greek restaurant on the square. It's the perfect place for that that can accommodate up to 200 guests, fabulous food, great craft libations as well. For catering or booking information, contact Jeannie at 601-421-7147. And we're brought to you by Service Specialist Staffing and Recruiting Agency. They've been connecting great job opportunities to candidates since 1967. If you're looking for a job, they can help you across the board. If your company is looking to hire quality, hard-to-find talent, they can help you as well. It's always free for the candidate, and as a company, you don't pay until you hire someone that Service Specialist sent. So give Will, Sydney, or Kelsey a call, 662-832-5138, or check out their new and improved website, servicespecialistltd.com.
3: Heavenly Sunshine has Christmas on their mind. to kick off Christmas in July, but they're now in August. They're announcing holiday lights by Heavenly Sunshine. Christmas lights are beautiful. They can be a lot of work. Let them take care of the hassle and do it for you with a full-service installation plan. Take down and even store the lights, commercial-grade LED lights. 100% customizable to your home or business. They take care of the lights. You take care of everything else. Book your free estimates through August 31st. To mention mpw 10 for 10% off. Mid-South for four decades. That includes Oxford. They also have their power washing, soft wash, roof cleaning, and much more. So that's heavenlysunshine.com, 662 342 one two zero three to book your estimate.
4: Well, but even though the Cardinals are bad, though, right? You you mm. understand you you see their brand. It's a brand. If if Ole Miss plays Indiana, we're driven
0: by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over three hundred and fifty million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data
2: are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.
4: Indiana's a, even though Indiana sucks,
2: it's a bigger brand than Mercer,
4: than Tulane. It just is. And so from a, t- from a TV standpoint,
1: The the non-conference is going away. But you're back to the TV standpoint thing again. Locally,
3: the fan doesn't care. Oh, I I totally get you. I I, I agree. Because I'm I'm not convinced if you did it year over year. Like a one-off, sure, everybody likes playing cool games. Year over year where that's just what you do every other year, I'm not sure the, the, the typical Ole Miss fan would rather play Indiana than Tulane.
4: I think they'd rather play Tulane. No, they'd rather play Tulane. Truthfully, a lot of Ole Miss fans would look at it and go, I'd rather play Mercer than, than play uh, Purdue because – or not Purdue, that's not a good example. I'd rather play Mercer than Michigan State because we're going to beat Mercer.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: I, I like – Yeah, one-offs for
3: sure, but when it becomes just the annual thing, I don't know.
4: Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's where we're headed, though. ESPN and Fox and them, they're going to say, you, you're asking us to spend all this money. So here it is. Now we get control. Yeah. I mean, it's like – when The
1: not, NFL is not, not going to let us – the NFL dictates to us, and so we're going to take it out on college sports because these people are just—they've uh, never seen money like this, and they're getting so rich that they're going to sit there and go, "Yeah, okay, we'll do that."
4: Well, the person who holds the controls the purse strings has the control. I mean, think about when 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 you were a kid. Except there's
1: one exception: the NFL. The NFL doesn't hold the purse strings.
4: But you generally get where I'm going here, which is you know when when, when the girls were little and they wanted, to, they, they, they wanted to spend a bunch of money, mm-hmm. you had control over it. Now, I mean, if, if they have jobs and they make money and they go buy some $400 purse with the money that they've earned, I might think, God, that's really stupid.
1: But it's so, your money. The, the reason why I keep bringing up the NFL is, I think what happens is these TV networks get so sick of going, we just gave you a billion and a half dollars. That should mean something. And the NFL is like, hmm, nope. No, you're going to do it this way. You're going to talk about us this way. You're going to show our game this way. And then when you think about people that get treated like that, that still view themselves as powerful people, they're going to find someone to take it out on. And they're taking it out on college football. And that's why I think what they're doing, what they're doing, which is we're getting rid of this dead weight and we're going to start, you know, we're going to start making it look like this.
3: Yeah. And, and I guess that's my thing is it do you get to a point where college football looks at it kind of like the NFL and goes, no, I mean, you can't completely disregard this part of the product. Sorry. Is what it is. Is there a point where that happens? Not any time.
1: Not any time. No, I I mean, I think I agree with you. I just. I I don't think they're wired that way. The NFL is wired like bullies. I mean, look at so many
3: teams
1: and so many different income levels and so many different things. It's not. it's, It's the NFL office has like a bully culture. And then you think about, well, they have owners and all these owners are billionaires that are used to being, you know, the biggest dick in the room. And with college sports, you don't have those, you don't have those decision makers. It's all either academics or it's, you know, it, it's, it's essentially people that just don't come from that world. I mean, maybe at a certain point, it the only, maybe at a certain point, it changes when universities stop hiring like academics and stuff as presidents. And they start like going like recruiting from the CEO pool. But I don't see that happening anytime
3: soon because of the August fifteenth deadline. Once the season starts, does this get put on the cooler for a while, or is it? Are we continue to have segments about
1: this throughout the fall? Um, I think it probably gets put on the cooler, but we'll still have segments on it.
4: The yeah. Arizona Board of Regents have a meeting tonight.
3: Yeah, yeah, I saw I where it's, they sent out it's the like eight, virtual Zoom thing to their people.
4: I mean, the fifteenth is still. 12 days away. A lot can happen in 12 days. I mean, Oregon's still reaching out to the Big 12. As of late last night, Washington has stopped talking. Tells me.
1: Yeah, that tells, tells, me, that me, a, well, that tells me that they're trying to get a better deal from the Big 10. So is it
3: Arizona and Arizona State, or is it just Arizona?
1: I think it's Arizona and
4: Arizona State. Yeah, are, the, the, the consensus is that they're, they're combined. Because, I mean, having, I'm telling you, I would love to policy.
3: see the board meeting just like the IHL, where it was one but not the other. I mean, that would be whole like chaos. Just break it all down. Look,
1: the problem in this is that Arizona State's president is like Mr. Pac-12. Oh, really? And so I think yeah. they're having to. I think they're having to play it a little more coyly. Okay. Because um, Bobby Robbins is not Mr. Pac-12. No, Bobby. Bobby Robbins is not Mr. Pac-12, but. Uh, The guy that's why it's it's
4: done. It's why it's done. But Robbins Robbins and and your Mac have spent way too much time together. Now it's, it's, it's done.
1: I did like the, uh, I guess the new plane tracker is uh, finding out what uh, presidents and conference commissioners have at lunch. Did y'all see that? Like someone ordered like the mushroom soup. And I was like, okay, this is the world that we're in now. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. this is not creepy at all. (laughs) Oh God!
4: Yeah, reported exactly where they were, what road they were off of, and and what
1: and um, what they and what they ordered,
4: what they ordered, mushroom soup with the crostini, and 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 I've never had
3: mushroom soup. It doesn't sound. I I don't mind mushrooms that much, but that doesn't sound appetizing. No, it's gross.
1: I'm sure it's just cream of mushroom. I mean, I don't. I (sighs) hate but like yeah. I'm not even. I mean, Neil and I feel the same way about like the casseroles where you put all the cream of mushroom stuff in it, and like I'm out. Is there okay? Let's be clear about this. Yeah. How many dudes actually like that? I'm convinced that is just something that our mothers and the women in our lives they love it, and we all hate it, and we just sit there and like we don't put up a fight.
4: I got a hot How take for you.
1: Stand up for this.
4: Do you like lasagna? Fuck. Do you like, Do lasagna? I like lasagna? Yeah.
1: Lasagna is like of the of the 85 versions of pasta that you could have. <laughs> lasagna is definitely last quartile for me.
4: I'm okay, with you because want,
1: women love it.
4: The only way that I can even stomach lasagna is if you don't pre-boil the noodles. If you pre-boil the noodles, I'm out. So it can't be sticky. It well, it can't be gloppy because at that yeah, point, yeah, yeah 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 at that yeah. point, Chase, it's a casserole. It's, what is a casserole? It's why I make fun of deep dish pizza. It's not pizza. It's, no, it's it's a casserole. If I want pasta and I love pasta, then I'm gonna make some sort of a sauce. I'm gonna have pasta. And I'll be able to determine how much sauce goes on my pasta. So you'd always
1: go parmesan, parmesan or spaghetti or whatever instead. I can never mm-hmm. get an honest opinion from my wife. So I guess let's talk behind their backs. Let's uh-huh. do it this way, the 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 appropriate way. Do women actually like it or do they do they like that it's like you can pre-make it and that it's like convenient and that you know I can make it on a on a day in which I do have time and then we can. You know, just pop it in the oven and whatnot. I, I'm not convinced that they actually like those things. I think they like the convenience of them.
3: All
4: right. Women I like gotta, ricotta cheese more than men, too. I think i, I think we're on to something. Women as little girls got those casseroles from their moms and they it became like a comfort food sort of thing. And yeah, no, I mean that's the only thing that makes sense because it's not actually good they so they carry it on like my wife likes casserole but if i if i trace it back now that i think about it this is the first time in our 20 almost i guess we're 27 years that that i've even thought about it this way the casseroles oh, well, that she likes are the ones that she got from her mother mm-hmm. and yeah no it's all passed yeah, down and caroline our youngest daughter loves casseroles oh. i don't think I don't think Campbell really does but Caroline loves them and I think she loves them because it was something her mom made. A
3: yeah. man would rather have a crockpot meal than a casserole.
4: Carson, who also loves the same mother that Caroline does, Carson doesn't like casseroles at all. We might be on we we might have we might have broken th- There's the code no right question here.
1: there's an emotional element. And <laughs> dudes just don't make that many decisions emotionally. Unless it's about hiring or firing a football coach. And then which the most rational human beings all yeah. of a sudden become the most irrational human being. Yeah. And they act like freaking children. What's the worst one? The tater taterot casserole with the ground beef in it? No, the chicken spaghetti type stuff. Like the, yeah. the chicken oh. spaghetti casserole. Yeah. At yeah. least it's spicy, all, though. No, it's disgusting. So bad. Gross. And... Uh, like
3: I'm okay with it day of it's the day after on that when it's like congealed and
1: you tried to grab it, grab it out of the fridge where it's like, the, the, this is how I know Neil's onto something. Like my mother used to like get, cause my mom's a good cook and my wife's a good cook. And, but my mom would get so mad at my middle brother and me when we were in high school, because like all the things she loved to make, were like, Nope, we don't like that. Like we're, we're going to get a Chick-fil-A like no, no, thank you. And I went out of town, and Ali and my mom like went over to, uh, like went over to my mom's house and just ate like chicken spaghetti. Like they, you know, women love it, but dudes are like, that's it's gross.
4: So we are we saying that women are more emotional about food than men are?
1: Yes, I think so. Okay, I think that's true. From a nostalgia standpoint,
3: and just in general,
1: yes, we're more nostalgic about like entertainment. Like what? I guarantee you. If you look at the Vend- and, and like if you look at the Venn diagram of people that enjoyed Air, I'm betting it's like ninety percent oh. dudes. Because women problem. would watch that and be like, like, okay, like they like probably like the mom story and that, like, and but like in the end they're like, why do I care? This is just a uh, this is a commercial for Nike. It's yeah, the same and, thing, and they I'm don't have ends.
4: Yeah, they don't have.
1: I saw Barbie and Barbie was a like competently made movie. And like, I enjoyed watching it, but I did not have the same reaction. I didn't play with Barbies. Yeah. But if I played with Barbies, I imagine that all the, like the references and whatnot, like, Oh no. Yeah. Like I I get why women like it. Well, and humans
3: in general consider meals and food with the experience. I mean, if we talk about the great meals we've had at restaurants, it's about who we were with, what was talked about. I mean, it makes the food be enhanced to whatever degree with what you're doing. I mean, it's, 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 it's period. I mean, this goes in all directions too. I mean, Jeffrey and I had that very overrated meal at root that time. And I had loved it the time before because I was frankly halfway drunk and it tasted awesome in the situation. And I liked the people I was with
1: hundred percent. That's why you can go to the same restaurant and probably have different experiences multiple times. Like to your point, like what are some of the best meals that I can think of in the last five years? About half of them were on my honeymoon. Why? I was mm-hmm. running around to France with my wife like I had nothing to do like I was I was fat and happy like you know what I mean yeah
3: no yeah so my, I guess my point is the same thing you might remember making that with your mom and you did this and it brings
1: back the, the endorphins and the whole deal mm-hmm I yeah. just think that the main thing Practical is we code. should uh, Campbell's should be we should file a class action lawsuit. I think we can stop this subtly by filing a class action lawsuit against Campbell's to have them stop making cream of mushroom, like all those cream things. And so they can't they can't make it anymore. Like that that would be where I'd start. Mushroom is by
3: far the worst because I've had times where it's supposed to have chicken, but like it didn't have chicken. So mushroom went in instead and it makes it 10 times worse than if you use cream of chicken
1: because it's disgusting.
3: Yeah, it's the mushroom fun. is by far the, the worst one. Th- this is um, how you become an industry leader, by the way, from a podcast, is we will have spent more time today on casserole than Ole Miss' uh-huh. media day yesterday um, uh-huh. when we get done with this. that That, that is what's going to happen. As, as Ole Miss opened preseason camp. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Neil and I saw a combined it almost six way, hours of practice yesterday, or, but you know what? Tater tot casserole. It is. What we it is. Not, and we probably
4: played. talked to 15 players, and, and we're, yeah, yeah. But casseroles. <laughs> And well, have you, have you ever awesome. woken up in your life and said, you know what, I really want today? I really I know, I, want a little mm, cream of mushrooms. Do you think, even,
3: the, yeah, what percentage of men, you know, you mm,
4: said typically yeah. you get like your
3: birthday dinner growing up as a kid or as you get older and whatever, and you kind of have that meal you have for your birthday. And he goes, you know what? It is, it, yes, it is tater tot casserole.
1: That's the meal I want for my birthday. Yeah. Uh, Chip so beef it, on it, toast. Uh, to your point, it is my birthday today. And, uh, oh, happy oh, birthday. I didn't, I didn't know that. Thank, happy birthday. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I'm 35 years old, and I actually got surprised. My wife got me a PlayStation 5, and I could not have been happier. Yes, I'm 35 years old. I got a video game system, and I'm, like, dancing on the moon today. Uh, I did not wake up thinking, you know what I want today? Yeah, let's get some. How about let's get that tater tot casserole, and then maybe let's do those disgusting green beans that
4: are just soaked in cream of mushroom. Like, let's do that. Did the calendar turning to August knowing that the due date is in august did the calendar turning to august make it even feel more real no 35 made it feel more real cuz
1: like the, what i've figured out as i'm getting older it's like milestones it's like when you when you use like a generic number that's when you start to really realize like there was no difference to me between 31 32 33 34 there was something about the like oh my god i'm 35 that kind of hit um I'll get over it, I'm sure, like by tomorrow. And then I'll realize, like, hey, it doesn't matter. The world moves on. Um, But I've noticed like 30 was a big one. 35 feels different. I I think it's going to be like in intervals of five, I think that are going to, that are going to like, you'll notice it. 30 didn't
3: matter at all. I didn't even think
1: about it. 35 was kind of
3: weird. And I've been like on some sort of quest with 40 coming up. Like, I don't know, like the last four or five months, it's like more self-help books. It's like better shape. Like, I don't know. I've got some like thing going through my head where after 40, it gets much harder to fix some of these things. So I got like six months here to get some crap right before that date happens, even though it's fairly arbitrary. Cause I mean, am I really aging that much in the next three months?
1: No, I think it's, the reason why I think it's like the five, like 35 and 40, I think that the, when you say those numbers out loud, it makes you like grip with mortality. I think that's why it has the, the emotional impact. And because, like, if you look at like all the things you're doing, it's like, okay, how can I fend off my mortality?
3: Yeah. Like, I read out of the book on basically how to maximize your longevity. And it's like, okay, chapter one, here we go. Yeah.
1: yeah. I, think, I, I, I think that's what it all stems from.
3: Did you go into a little different mode? Neil talked about it in 10 Thoughts last week of just getting to August, football. Obviously, you got a lot of personal stuff going on, too. Oh, I mean, Do uh, you, you sort I'm of go stand- into a different
1: year when August gets here? I'm going to stand up for my boy here. Because um, uh-huh. <laughs> I I saw I saw he got some good hashtag discussion going when he pointed out that the record for Ole Miss against Arkansas, Mississippi State, Auburn, and A&M. A&M. And, you know, you saw the usual like, OK, just because history says that doesn't mean that it's going to happen this year, which is true. But I thought that they completely missed the point. The point would be if Ole Miss were to go 4-0 and against them, it's something that has never happened before. Therefore, it would be a historic season. That was his whole point. His whole point wasn't that, you know, it, it's his whole point is like, if you're a betting man, you would bet against it why it's never happened before but if that does happen it is something historic that should be noted i i that one that was like the classic like i i can't deal with some of you people the fact that like that 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 just ruffled people's feathers when it was so obvious like the whole point was if this happens it's something that should be like admired and it's you can't have an expectation
3: until a precedent is set. So once you do it, once you go, oh well, look that blah 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 blah. But Let's do it again. then, you go, hey, this is a significant thing for whatever reason.
4: Correct. There are people on this beat predicting ten and two. It's my opinion that those people are not sure what the word is. There's a word that I'm that I'm. It's my my feeble brain is is delusional. No, they're they're doing unrealistic. Well, they're they're doing something to the fan base. They're 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 they don't really even believe what they're saying. They're they're just they're just putting it they out. A lot of the liars? They're, they're just trying to make people. They're they're trying to make they're they're doing that thing where they, they you can sell hope. Well, my, the point I was trying to make so was so they're marketing essentially. What you're saying is they're marketing in a way, knowing that if if it doesn't happen
3: positivity in August drives up engagement because everybody wants to be very excited about their team.
4: Yeah. And, and my point was not, Hey, don't be positive. Cause I mean, I'd, I'd rather you be positive than negative, but, but my, my point was for this team to go 10 and two, if you assume that Alabama, Georgia and LSU are as good as most of the people nationally believe that they will be. Okay. Now it's yeah. possible. It's possible that one of those teams or two of those teams won't be as good as everyone assumes them to be. But there is a, a pretty widespread assumption among people who cover college football for a living that those three teams are all national title contenders. Ole Miss plays all three of those teams, two on the road. So if you go with the assumption that Ole Miss goes one and two in those three games, which quite frankly, I think Lane Kippen would take today if you offered it. Uh, Maybe. Yes. Maybe I think he'd
1: sign it. I think he'd sign it in blood.
4: But... To get to 10 and 2, they have to win one of those games. If they go 1 and 2 in those three games, to go 10 and 2, obviously, you have to win all of your other games, which includes that quartet of games against in order Arkansas, Auburn, Texas A&M, Mississippi State. And the point I was trying to make was going back to the Hugh Freeze era, so 2012 when A&M joined the league, that's never happened. So if you're going to get to 10 and 2, not only do you have to win a really big game against a national title contender, possibly against one of the two teams that is those three teams, LSU, Alabama and Georgia have won is it every national title since 2019 or all but one or something like that. You 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 have to play, you have to beat one of those teams and then you have to do something that you've never done before. So it would be a precedent setting Historic season if you went ten and two, and the people that are predicting ten and two aren't acknowledging that. Hey, this would be a historic achievement. I'm not saying it's not possible. In fact, I said ten and two is the ceiling. I you, which means that I can foresee a scenario in which Ole Miss gets to ten and two. But I'm I'm trying to point out that to get to ten and two, you've got to break precedent.
1: Yes, and and like to me like. It's why when you break it down that way, it's like if they go nine and three,
4: that's a hell of a season. I think if they go nine and three, Lane Kiffin's the SEC coach of the year. Like a hell of a season. I think eight and four is a really good season. And and, I, and I, that's where people go. I don't get why you say that. And it's because of what I just explained to you. It's Well, to, to bookend it, though, this is this is the
1: reality facing fans for the next. I don't know. Decades, everyone's going to have to start recalibrating what is a good season because the days of the days of you're going to just have like six or seven, like book it wins.
4: That's going away, going away. Like if I told Chase right now, or if I told you, Jeffrey, if I said, hey, Jeffrey, the Giants go 12 and five,
1: what do I have to pay for that?
4: Yeah, Chase, the Saints go 11 and six. You're in. You're, I mean, you're like, sign me up. That's six losses. That's on a college season. That's eight and four. I yeah. think we're headed. Eight and four is going to be because I think we're headed to major conferences, basically an AFC, NFC style college football where they all play each other and then they have, they play league games and all that stuff. And I, I think 16 team playoff and I think eight and four is going to get you in some years.
1: 100. I mean, listen, I think, I think where this is really headed, where it might be like, if you finish, if you finish above 500, you might be in the mix. Because that's Agreed. the other thing. You start having all these games that matter. Well, then these teams are just going to get more and more banged up. And like, it's like when you look at the NFL, like, okay, there's usually teams that separate themselves on the high end and separate themselves on the low end. But then the, you know, there's like this, like, just mosh of, like, 15 teams that are basically decided by, you know, three games a year. Jeffrey, I know you only got a second
3: left, but what level of hero are we on the backup Iowa kicker that was betting unders in the uh,
1: Sawhawk game? First off, that's not betting. (laughs) It's a given, isn't it? He was well aware of the... That that was taking free money. I, I honestly, though, the thing that I was hilarious about that story. Uh, if anyone watched Hunter Decker's play last year, when I saw him connected to gambling, I was like, okay, that makes sense. He was point shaving because that guy sucks. Like, this is good for Iowa State that that kid can't play. That kid's terrible. Yeah, we've got basketball and football
3: all pulled into Iowa right now with lots of betting, lots of gambling, lots of legal activity.
1: Ooh, boy, did Matt Damn, gamble this. Oh, because Jesus. I'll tell you what, that's the other thing. Having watched Iowa State last year, and then I'm obviously a massive Kyle Shanahan fan in terms of like how he gets guys wide open, but the fact that his quarterback went undefeated or whatever, one loss in the NFL after looking remarkably pedestrian, that offense is now, all of a sudden I'm sitting there going like, oh, maybe it, maybe it wasn't necessarily... Brock Purdy. Maybe it's Matt Campbell's offense. Sucks. Yeah. Y'all uh spending any time on the
3: Tigers, Jeffrey.
1: Uh yeah, you know, they they were they're in the Dominican Republic and they were playing on an online stream with Spanish broadcasting last night. So uh, here comes two hours right down your throat.
3: Gotcha. Appreciate it, bud. Talk soon. Be good. All right. Jeffrey Wright joining us there on uh, the show every uh, single Thursday. We we got a few minutes left, but um, we were we were around yesterday. I got practice yeah. tonight, uh, six thirty, I think, something like that, starting tonight. So, content whenever it's going to be a late one. Um, off tomorrow, and then Saturday morning. As of right now, is sort of the schedule for us. the uh, The rest of the week, I I left Neil and uh, you and I talked for a minute on the phone when we got done yesterday. We had Kiffin who. Think you called it as dialed in as he's been in a while with local media. I agreed. I thought he was really, really good yesterday. You can read uh, what he said, what he meant on the side at Rebel Grove. Quick hits, full of transcript, all that stuff there. Um, he gave donors props twice yesterday. I I I I, I, I tabbed that <laughs> both times. He definitely did that. <laughs> but I was happy with how things went and sort of frustrated at the same time yesterday. And I think you'll agree with this: is that. Okay. As a whole, the player group was funny, engaging yesterday. Now they always look like hostages when we're walking in. They're, they're so to, to explain this to everybody. We talked to Kiffin in the uh, in the team meeting room. And Then they take us as a group across the practice field, across the IPF, into the 1810 grill, into the cafeteria. And all the players are already set up. They've got their placards or whatever in front of them on the tables. And I mean, they, they look like they're about to get sentenced. Like they've already been found guilty. They're they're getting sentenced at this point, is what it looks like. And uh, except for JJ Pegues. he's always very happy to talk. JJ's amazing, but for the most part, they look like they're being sentenced. And you just sort of cattle call around and you got, I don't know, 45 minutes or however long you need to go around and get interviews. And I talked to multiple Ole Miss people about it, and they think that what's happened, and I I think I buy this, as much as we talk about continuity, and I got a lot of stories coming out on Rebel Grove over the next few days about this. These dudes have mostly been around for a while. They're kind of past the pomp a lot. It's just sort of, hey, cool, we're, they're a little more mature. They're, they, they, they're on a second chance. They're on a second location. Whatever the thing is, they're more willing to sort of talk and engage. They're better than, you know, it's been a long time. I think transfers who have been through the process like this makes them better communicators, makes them more fun to talk to in some different ways. You can compare. You can contrast. You do a lot of stuff. And I thought I told multiple Ole Miss people, hey, that's that, that's kind of the best overall group from a conversation standpoint. Is I, I've covered in a while, and this has been a lot of media days that I've done over multiple head a lot of head coaches at Ole Miss. Um, but then you get done and go, yeah, but we need more of that, and I don't know if we have that same setup again this season. That's that, 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 that. That's it's sort that. of where I went. I kind of left and went. That was awesome, but now what?
4: It's why covering pro sports, real journalism here. Yeah. So I walked into the room. And made a joke to Jackson Dart. It's first person I saw, and I was like, "I mean, he recognizes. He probably doesn't. I don't know if he knows my name or not. He recognizes me. I'm the old law yeah, sure. guy that's there. Um, and I, they're smart enough to know which reporters are going to hardcore football and which reporters are going to yeah. talk about. I talked to Jackson for three minutes about his mustache. Um. We had a kind I'll, I'll write that story today. It was, it was good. It was funny. I, I like Jackson Dart. He's a, the, the, the person. But I was like, you've, you've looked forward to this for days, huh? And he was like, yeah. I mean, I, as soon as I saw this was on the calendar, I was pumped and I was like, oh, I bet. I mean, you thought to me and, you know, we just joked around for a minute and then we had a conversation and we talked some football and I'm going to write about it. But the thing is, is it was one on one and it wasn't behind a podium. It, I, I talk to you every single day. Pretty much. Yeah. If all of a sudden you put me at a lectern and you're sitting in an audience.
3: And I grab a microphone and start.
4: And you start questioning you. me. I'm going to answer your questions differently than I am. Mm-hmm. If if it's just you and me sitting one-on-one at a table, mm-hmm. we're, we're going to have a totally different conversation. It's why people love major league baseball, the NBA, the, uh, the NFL is that you, the locker rooms are, are open. And. Most of the time, the players are dressed. You're in there. You, you don't have to deal with the whole undressing weirdness. Sure. But when you go in before the game in Major League Baseball, they open up the, the clubhouse three and a half hours before the game starts. Well, the guys are dressed and they, 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 they might be, you know, t shirt and a pair of shorts or something, but you go up to a player and it's just you and him and you get a chance to talk. And over the course of a season, you're either fair or you're not fair. And if you're fair and you're okay, you're not a complete goob, you build somewhat of a rapport, not a relationship where you're hanging out, but you build a rapport and you can get information. Well, the way we do it, and this isn't picking on Ole Miss because everybody kind of everybody's does this. like this. Yeah, but they'll bring starting today when Chase goes to practice today, I'm going Saturday, we'll get players, we'll get three players probably they'll bring them in one by one to a lectern and they'll pass this mic around. So the conversation has no flow at all because the guy that might want to say, Hey, y'all have had two practices in shorts. There's nothing. There aren't too many hot football takes. I can take from that because you won't play one single game of football without pads. I don't think I feel Mm -hmm. safe. I, I feel safe in that prediction that you'll wear pads in the 12 games. So, you're not really playing real football yet. So maybe I'll ask a personality question. When the next guy goes, tell me what's it like with Pete Golding? How's it different schematically? It's just jumping around. It's confusing that it has no flow. It makes no sense. And it becomes sterile, fast.
3: I mean, Monty and Montgomery and I spent four minutes comparing Oxford and Louisville restaurants yesterday. You would never yeah. in the world be able to do that behind a lectern because people would look at me like I had eight heads and I'd get one follow-up at most.
4: Yeah, they'd, they'd get angry at you.
3: Yeah. and, and, and that- I'm, I'm, I'm taking up the four minutes questioning hibachi in a southern town versus a city. Like, yeah, it, it's...
4: Which allowed him to realize that you're not just this guy that writes about Ole Miss football. There's more to well, you. No, we than.
3: literally got done, and he stopped, and he goes, "Hold on a minute. What's your name again?" And like we had a, "Hey, this is who I am. Cool, yep. peace, whatever. All right, sweet."
4: Yeah, I went and talked to Isaac Uku, and and I said, "Hey, we've, you know, I, I just we've I all
3: talked to you at different points. Yeah,
4: yeah. You've you've talked to Chase for, I mean, you talked to Jeff, uh, Brian or whatever for an hour on a podcast. So I'm not going to get you to detail your story here. I just want to introduce myself and say hello. And we talked about podcasting. And about how they use graphics on their podcast that I, I can't figure out how to do. We talked about stuff like that. It was just kind of get to know a little bit. And that doesn't happen in college sports anymore. It used to. I, I told people when I first started covering Auburn, um, on Tuesday, they had media day every week. You had to request, but you requested guys, and they brought them in, and they put them in what was then kind of like this trophy room and around couches and stuff, and you went. And you had conversations that were often one-on-one and you got different things. So the content in the mobile register was different than the content in the Huntsville times. And now starting today, we all get the exact same stuff.
3: It's the negative that has even changed over the last 10 years. And maybe I'm wrong on this. You can help me. I assume this is even when you first got on the beat, even though I predate you by a couple of years at Ole Miss is they would bring a lot of guys in on Monday, but it was kind of all at the same time. So at least you could sort of maneuver through the three or four seats and ask some specific stuff. And you know what I mean? And you could, you could kind of get that. It wasn't as good as yesterday, but it wasn't simply, Hey, we're going to the, the lectern and we're doing this and whatever. And this is the way it was. There was a semblance of breakout. It was like, Hey, you know, Bo Wallace is coming at twelve fifteen, and Contrell Lockett's coming at twelve twenty five, and it took you were there a minute, but it did allow for a little bit more originality to it. So,
4: yeah, I think it was still that way in two thousand eight. I kind of don't remember. Um,
3: I think so too. I think that was something that went through Nut for sure, and maybe Freeze changed it, or even maybe a year into Freeze. I don't really. I,
4: I do remember, like even when Houston and then Hugh, and maybe I think Matt also when they were coaching here. The post game was kind of that way. Yeah. The players would come in and you got them. And unless it was Shea Patterson who waited and waited and waited so that he could jump us for predicting Vanderbilt might win. Um, it, it, we We got access to guys where you did get some original stuff and you also had that opportunity to kind of ask something off on the side, like, Hey, I'm working on something about this. I was curious if you could tell me about this or even an off-the-record moment for a second where you just ask a question. I'm not exactly sure why they've deviated from that. I, I, I don't really get it because the truth is they're going to get fans between our coverage and other people who covered, they're going to get to know guys a little bit in a way that they hadn't before. And in the modern college sports where the roster flips as much as it does, like Lane talked about, I thought this was a profound statement. He talked about looking out at the defense at one point yesterday, and there was only one guy, Cedric Johnson, who signed with Ole Miss originally. Yeah. Yeah. Think
3: about that. One high school signee out of what was essentially a close to a starting rotation type unit out there.
4: Cedric signed with Matt Luke and, and Tyler and those guys. And I asked him yesterday, I was talking to him, just chatting. I don't think he'll mind me saying this. I said, if I told you in 2019, that when you're a senior at Ole Miss, that you'll line up and you'll be the only guy on the defense who signed with Ole Miss out of high school. What would you think? And he tried to like kind of formulate it. He was like, well, I would have thought you were lying. I said, well, let's just add. I told you, and it was fact. I, the, the, the football gods came down and told you that. He was like, I, my mind would have been blown. And I'm like, me too. I, it's crazy. And so if you're going to have that much change, you've got to create a system from a marketing media relations standpoint where I think where the fans kind of get to know the guys. Otherwise, they're like me yesterday. I mean, I'm walking around. There were times like in 20, 2009, 2010, 2013, 2014. I didn't need a roster. I knew who the guys were. Yesterday, I'm like, who's that? All right, now, Which one's that? I mean, i pulled this thing out many times that that it's, it's already kind of fraying on the edges after one day.
3: It's not just you. And I don't want to give too much away because I've got a story I'm writing for like Monday. It's the players themselves. I asked yeah. a bunch of questions to players yesterday about getting to know your teammates and not all of them, but almost to a man. They laughed and they said they were kind of like coaches where they knew numbers, but not names at first. They knew that dude who lined up next to me at corner was just number six or number seven or whatever. Like they, like I don't, I don't know. And it had hurt communication because so many of them were scared to say the wrong name and like not know the dude. So it was like, hey, hey, eight, head on over here. Like you know, and then you you have
4: two eights. Like there's two number fours. (laughs) You know, I mean. It's yeah. it's it's crazy. That dude I mean, from
3: FAU or that dude from La Tech. yeah, that guy. All right, yeah, sweet.
4: Yeah, it it was wild. I I just and then you know it's good for us because because starting today, like I said, we go to lectern thing and I I, I, I a lot of times a lectern days I don't get the mic first. Sometimes I don't want it first.
3: Yeah.
4: The, the line of questioning becomes so technical or whatever that I sort of check out mentally. And I, I look back and am like, I, I know we talked to, I'll just pull a name off the top of the thing here. I'm looking at, looking at this. I know we talked to, uh, Jarrell Stinson, but I have no idea what we talked about. No clue. Mm-hmm.
3: Well, it's just, like I said, it's such a difference
4: because I mean, he not
3: not picking on the guy um, at, at all because it is a weird environment. It is hard. If the questions suck, the answers suck. And a lot of times the questions suck. But, you know, somebody who we get a pretty good bit and we typically make notes out of it. But you're not having free flowing conversation conversation. Ashanti Sistron. Been a little miss a while. Talked to him about being a guy that's been around and some different things yesterday because there was no lectern or anything. It was good. We had, just had a conversation. Nice guy. Communicated. Back and forth. Cool. All right. Talk three, four minutes. Sweet. Thanks. Good luck to you. Going to be hot. You know, whatever. It's all, it's all fine. So I don't know. I, I went into even, the day kind of going, Hey, what am I talking about? You know, what what does this look like? And I wasn't, I mean, it wasn't like anxious or nervous or anything. It was just going, okay, what kind of trying to sort it out. And I got done and I went, that was actually kind of fun. Had a good time. Enjoyed that.
4: That was sweet. I was same way. I, I looked up and an hour had passed and I was like, Oh, wow. Really? It's three o'clock. Yeah. You know, I mean, it was, it was just, uh, it was different. It was, it was good. I thought, I thought, again, I thought Lane was really good. Lane's yeah, used to the lect He's used to the and I think he's frankly, I think Lane has gotten to where he has figured out which local media is going to ask what. And so you get different answers.
3: Yeah, he was he was locked in. He wasn't giving anything away. He didn't want to give away. He gave honest, detailed answers to some questions. Frankly, he was better than Nashville in some ways um, with some similar questions. Uh, I thought so. I thought he, he was. I thought,
4: I thought. I thought his answer to a couple of the questions about the portal and NIL and building, um, building around you know the way he would like to build, like his his answer to my question was pretty thoughtful when he you know cuz i said in an ideal world do you recruit more high school and less dependent on the portal and he thought about it for a minute about how to answer that but he was like ideally yes and then he do- dove into a you know he thinks he thinks the system is broken but he understands that this is the system and so you must adapt to it and so he was basically saying people think that i'm whining about it i'm not i've learned how to i've learned how to make it as advantageous as possible for me and Dole Miss, but that doesn't change the fact that I, when I when I remove myself from my job and look at this from a a a different level, I, I think it's broken. That's all he said. He's right. You, you think I it's really broken? appreciate. I mean,
3: He's always honest. He doesn't lie. And I really appreciated that he answered a question yesterday with, I don't know. And of course I'm worried. Duh. If I said I wasn't, I'd be just lying to you and being this propaganda machine. Of course, I like the pieces. I like the guys we've got. I like the talent. And there's an upside that I think is really, really good. At the same time, I haven't seen those dudes out there together. So I don't know. So of course, yeah, I'm worried about that because if it doesn't work, it doesn't work.
4: He brought up a great, He's exactly right about, I think Lane Kiffin likes the NBA. I think that's become obvious that Lane Kiffin Mm -hmm. enjoys the NBA and he's right. There are NBA super teams, LeBron, Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh that worked. It worked that work and they work quickly and they're super successful and chase. There are NBA super teams that fail miserably. Because they never figure out how to play together. Now, I know football is different than basketball. I get it.
3: Yeah, you don't want to – But I mean, but to your not. point, you don't want to be Brooklyn.
4: That didn't work. They had, they had James Harden, Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Durant on the same team. Mm-hmm. Well, three really talented pieces. It didn't work. The Lakers, when they had Russell Westbrook and Anthony Davis – and uh, LeBron, it, it it didn't work. It failed. It was it was a miserable failure. Um, there, there there's plenty of examples of it not working. And I thought it. I thought his answer was, you know, are you worried about it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. And what he didn't say, but I think he kind of in, 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 inferred, implied, he implied it. It's you know, and you got to do it pretty quick. Mm-hmm. I mean. Ole Miss plays at Alabama less than two months from now. They play at Alabama less than two months from now. They play LSU at home in less than two months. You don't have just a ton of time to figure it out, to get it to work before people are judging you. And so I followed up with that about, you know, in an ideal world. He was like, yeah, I mean, ideally, absolutely. And the question that I wanted to ask that I didn't get to ask was, and I don't know that he would have answered it. I think he would have danced around. Hell, he might have just flat out answered it. What's more expensive right now? The the high-level, high school player who you think can come in and play for you right away? Or the transfer portal guy who you pretty much know can come in and play right away? And how yeah, do you he, do budgets? I mean, the, 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 the questioning that has yet to happen, and man, it's where if, if you gave me the one-on-one with Lane Kiffin, and I'm never going to get it, and I don't blame him, by the way. I don't have a big enough reach for him to justify spending that hour. But, but it would all be about how do you build your payroll budget? How do you make mm-hmm. decisions on payroll? How do you? It would be the same question if, if you let me sit down with Jed Hoyer, the general manager of the Cubs. My entire conversation would be about okay, how do you make decisions about where you allocate money? How do you make decisions about whether it's worth it to go after the big high profile free agency how much is too much for shohei otani how much is too much for cody bellinger how much do you think about free agent pitchers how much do you look at a pitcher when he's over 30 as a po- it would all be about that kind of thing and that's if if you let me sit down with lane kiffin where everything was fair game it would all be about okay how do you decide i've got x dollars here's how i'm going to allocate them
3: right so he was uh it was good. Players were good. Again, content coming out. Rebel Grove uh, over the course of today and the following days. Again, practice tonight. I think technically 635 is what they sent out, but somewhere in there. I don't know. So, we'll uh, bring that to you again off on Friday. And then uh, Saturday, Neil mentioned a uh, hand-raised guy is already out in video form and will be out in audio by the time you are hearing this podcast as well. A lot of ACC stuff that hopefully is not outdated very quickly for uh, for that. So, that's coming up to you as, uh, as well. We'll be back on Monday with another edition of the show. Again, thanks to Jeffrey for his time. Take care. Talk to you soon.
5: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance.